come back for you! Hey, no! You gotta sit tight while I figure out a way out of this. It's okay, Brock. I know I was mixed up before, but now I'm groovy. I'm going ahead with the mission. Lock and load! That's not a gun, Hank. Whatever! Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Venture Bros. Uh, Venture Brothers Podcast, brought to you by After the Hype. With me, your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always... Is Graham? Hi. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, it's, it's me. I I had I just had Graham. No, hold on, I could do this. I um, Graham God. the Dirtbag Mason. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm flattered. <laughs> Thank just you. A real no, it's scumbag. like I like gardening, so like a bag of dirt is a good thing because <laughs> you need Not, it. To... It's like yeah, not like soil or like. <laughs> Topsoil or no dirt bag, Miracle like a, Grow or like a real solid dirt bag. Not right. too solid because you want to grow things in it. But you yes, know. indeed, yeah. yeah, no, wonderful. But, no, but you know, thank like, you. Yeah, like the like the good ones like that's already mixed with bullshit and stuff. You know. Yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly full of bullshit. This dirt bag. I, I think that is the scientific farmer's term is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Manure works too, but yeah, bullshit. It's fine. Yeah, I can tell you're a city slicker, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Richard, I didn't have time to think of a nickname. Lee, <laughs> I'm surprised you brought me back. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> got real yeah. racist last time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good times. Yeah. Uh, so this week. We are talking love bites or behets or however you want to pronounce it. Um, it's bites. Um, I said however you want to pronounce it. So if I want to say behets, I'm going to say <laughs> bites behets. is the way that you would want to pronounce it. <laughs> what if I want to say behets? Then you'd be wrong. And you shouldn't do that. You realize that now I'm going to say behets the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times I'm going to say the episode title, but when I do, it'll be Behetz. Uh So, Graham, do you want to say everything that happens in Love Behetz? <laughs> no. <laughs> Would you like me to summarize Love Behetz? No, I, I went last week. <laughs> no, it's not, not your turn. It's, it's Graham's turn to talk about Love Behetz. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the Venture family is coming back from a, uh, a costume party in which they lost, uh, <laughs> thanks to Hank. Um, and then, meanwhile, as they're flying back, they're trying to navigate around Underland. <laughs> but, unfortunately, Baron Von Underbite has different plans. And so he uses his crazy ridiculous magnet thing to pull the plane into underland and they just make it out the plane crashes and all that stuff but the, the cockpit lands on the outside of underland in detroit in michigan yeah i think uh but unfortunately after they had already landed the ejector seat shoots them back into underland so now they are captured and uh, 
gonna be potentially tortured and killed and you know whatever underbite has in, in store for them including uh under underbite finds that uh, he's quite attracted to ventures daughter dawn um <laughs> who then he proceeds to marry and then just kind of ridiculous ridiculousness happens throughout the episode um we get the reintroduction of cat clops and girl hitler <laughs> which is incredible and their resistance force which is pretty awesome and uh yeah i don't know I think that's pretty much it yeah i think that that's a pretty good job yeah um so again before we jump too far into it the let's do hot takes around the table uh or around the e-table if you will um what do you guys think of this one i know this one uh when you look it up online is not one of the more popular episodes of this season yeah i'd kind of agree with that it's good it's fun um but it's definitely not one of those episodes like if i were just gonna grab an episode you know to to watch throughout the day it's not one that i would seek out but it's fun yeah richard what do you think i like it yeah i like it it's uh it's fun. I um I think it's like really it has a good story plot structure like from beginning mm. middle end. Mm-hmm. There's like a good yeah. sort of like resolution that makes sense that's also funny. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I, I think you guys are pretty much right right on the money. I, I don't think it's a bad episode by any stretch. I don't think any episode in season 2 is bad. Like I uh, mm. season 2 is just so strong all the way through and I think that's probably why people like this one the least or like usually near the bottom of the list is just because Everything in season two is so good, and this one's just good. Yeah. So I think it's just by comparison that people like it a little bit less. I, and I, I don't love the episode by any stretch. I, I might even say it's my least favorite of the season. I, I, I don't. I, I want to make sure I rewatch the whole thing for this before I make that bold claim. But it, it might be lower on the end. And I think my major yeah. reason for that, and we can kind of start talking about it, is. I kind of agree with Doc Hammer and Jackson Public on Baron Underbite. Like, I don't think there is much to do with him, and I think this episode kind of shows that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Because it's like, even with Phantom Limb, he kind of plays off as, like, super high professional, this, that, the other. Um, actually, yeah, we didn't even really mention that in the last episode where... Uh, Doctor misses the girlfriend, Queen Etheria. Etheria uh, Graham, you still you... there? You start breaking up like crazy. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Do you just want to start that point over again? Because I have no idea what you're saying. Because I lost you. Okay. Um, let me see if I can catch it. Um, yeah, when you talk about Phantom Limb, he's kind of at a, like another level to where it's like he is capable of doing all this crazy stuff um is powerful got powerful tools and all this stuff can kill people with his bare hands and all that stuff um but then with baron von underbite he is kind of similar in that way but he's just really freaking serious and really wants to kill dr venture as hard as possible yeah his phantom limb really just couldn't be bothered he's annoyed by people who are lesser than him but he and that's how he kind of gets involved but then he kind of like ah whatever i don't really need to be involved in all that much whereas baron von underbite that's his core thing like even as they're walking down the hall um brock and uh rusty are having that discussion of like oh come on he's what he's really not that bad he doesn't really hate me all that much he's like 
Rusty, like, look around. And then you see all of the posters and stuff with, like, his mouth crossed out and all of the stuff. Like, kill if you see this man, <laughs> kill him. <laughs> that type of stuff. And it's like, it's really, yeah, it's kind of a hard thing to do with that type of guy. Because, realistically, he's very serious. He's very intent on killing uh, Dr. Venture. And he's very capable of doing it. Yeah, the... When my wife and I were watching this episode last night, the the thing that we kind of stuck on uh, wasn't so much of like how capable is Underbite or like how menacing or anything like that. It's just how does he fit into the real world? And I think that's kind of I, I don't know for mm. sure. I haven't looked into why uh, Doc Hammer and Public start stopped using him as much. I know they said they just kind of ran out of ideas for him, and I think that's kind of where it comes down to because he has Underland. So he, yeah. he doesn't fit in the real world. And everything else in the show is ludicrous for the real world. And that's why it's funny. Because it's like you take a crazy villain like the Monarch or Phantom Limb or Wide Whale. Like these stupidly crazy characters. And force him into modern day New York or modern day wherever. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't really... You can't really do that with Underbite. Because Underbite is so built to be in Underland with the Resistance fighting him. And it's just very much like... It just it doesn't gel with the rest of the show, yeah. In the way that I think they originally planned or thought that he would. Yeah, he has his own world. He's created his own little niche universe. Yeah, and I do like it when he comes back as part of the Revenge Society. I think they make it work, but it still just, it never felt as like good and meaty as it did in seasons one and two. And but I don't really miss him once he's gone. Like, it's not one of those characters, like, I like if they get rid of Hatred, I'd be annoyed. Like, I love Hatred. I think Hatred's a great character. And I like they keep him around one way or another. <laughs> and when Underbite disappeared, it wasn't like, damn, where'd he go? It was more just like, oh, okay, I guess we did enough with him. Hmm. And I mostly think yeah, that's I... because of this episode. Like, we really get 100% Underbite in this episode. Oh, yeah. You're... Fully there and fully invested, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've seen Underland before. We've seen the Resistance Fighters before. We've seen all this, for the most part, in one way or another, before this. But this is the first time, I think, that we really spend this much time, like, really getting to know how it all works. And it's really the first and only time that we like, this is, like, an Underland episode. Like, it's almost like a, a off-world, mm-hmm. like, offshoot, like if they were trying to do a spinoff called Underland, like this would be the soft pilot mixed into the season. Kind of how they did with like the office and like the Dwight's like farm show. Like if we were to make the show, it'd be like this and just sneak it into the office. That one episode, this kind of feels like the mm-hmm. same thing, but for Underland. Yeah. Yeah. Cause really we only get him in context with other things like with Michael Suriyama. Yeah. Um, and then the weird, not, I don't want to say weird, but the, the, segment intro where he kills you know air quotes girl hitler yeah cat clops and manic eight ball uh which they all come back here so yeah so he failed (laughs) (laughs) which goes back to the thing about failure yeah uh, uh, like even their most serious capable you know villain driven villain is still failing and again he fails up and down all of this episode. Yeah. And I, I, but I think that's that's the the major thing, though, is that I still think it's a good episode. Like, I still think it's funny. Like, I yeah. think all the, the mm. comedic points work. I fuck, I love Bat Hank. I think Bat Hank is one of my favorite characters ever. Like, 
Obviously, Absolutely. no offense, Richard, but like <laughs> the, this is one of those episodes I'm really sad that Nick can't be here because Nick, for Halloween one year, one year went as Hank as Batman. <laughs> like, like that's just it's just so brilliant. Like everything about Bat Hank is so good. Like all the way down to the the all right. So every year we go to this Halloween costume contest and we always fail because at the last minute Hank shows up as Batman. <laughs> And it really just goes like, all right, why don't you just fucking go as Batman characters? Like, you're just so determined to go against Hank. Like, you know you're going to win if you just go as Batman characters. You'll be fine. <laughs> Brock can go as Clayface. You'll be good to go. Or Bane. Like, there's so many characters he can be. <laughs> but he spent a month coming up with that costume Wookiee. Yeah, and that's why he won Best Costume. <laughs> I like the throwaway line where it's like, the, imp- the Impossible Family did a really good Fantastic Four, where like, the Fantastic Four exists in that universe. <laughs> That's Hold on one second. Somebody say something. Hello. Hello. There we go. My headphones crapped out for a second. Oh. Okay. That's why I was very silent, so I can delete everything Richard was saying on my end that was picked up by the microphone. Um. So you were saying, I'm sorry, Fantastic Four? What did I miss? Where the Impossible Family did a really good, oh, pretty good Fantastic yeah. Four. I, I just I love how they do like the the way they just kind of bring pop culture in. It's just always fun and like the the fact they made Dean slave Leia is just <laughs> it works. Yeah. It works. It. Like, it... <laughs> I just I love a world where you have Chewbacca, Obi Wan Kenobi, and slave Leia like. <laughs> You didn't want a Luke or a Han Solo? <laughs> Any of these male characters? Nah. We're going for Slave Leia. Like had they Hank not was probably Hank was probably gonna be Luke. So there. I guess that's true. He could have been one of the other two. We don't know who he was supposed to be. <laughs> we, just, no. we know that he is the bat. <laughs> I am the bat. And my god like we we've talked about it at nausea on this show, but I still want to talk about it. The the little conversations that have nothing to do with the rest of the show. Mm. They bring me so much joy, and I think this might be my favorite one beyond the uh, the one that ends with the pole going through the mouth as he pole vaults over the fence. Um, yes. That one is so good. But this one has the... Uh... Ow! What happened? I caught my tongue in the little slit. <laughs> Why don't you just stop doing that? I can't help it. It's maddening! <laughs> and then later, the henchmen talking to each other like, the, Oh, I caught my tongue in there. Why do you keep doing that? <laughs> I can't. It's maddening. <laughs> Oh, you should have had the last ones. They didn't have any slits at all. <laughs> I like when uh, Hank lands and there's all that blood and it's because he cut his tongue on the yeah. slit. <laughs> Hank, are you okay? Yeah, I cut my tongue on the slit. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's definitely my favorite moment of this episode. It's the... just that, those references. And I thought, it's actually it might be one of my favorite quotes of i don't know i don't want to say of the season but definitely as i was watching even the last episode which also had bat hank in it i was like oh this is the my tongue gets stuck in the mouth slip part oh wait no that's the next episode <laughs> but i love it so much oh yeah it, it's it's again it's one of those things where you love it so much because we still grew up in that era where we still had plastic masks and let me tell you it was maddening <laughs> it was. <laughs> you just want to stick your tongue through it but it, Cut your tongue so bad. Oh, it hurts so much, but you couldn't help it. <laughs> it was maddening. <laughs> uh, let's move a little bit and talk about the uh, the wedding. 
Gotta talk about the wedding. <laughs> oh, man. Like... <laughs> so disturbing. And I think one of my... It's, a, it's, like, not at the actual wedding, but, like, leading up to it, but... <laughs> when Baron Von Underbite is in his bedroom with Manic 8-Ball tied up... <laughs> oh, poor Manic That whole... <laughs> that whole conversation between them is just so ridiculous. <laughs> like, the last question I think he asks, he's like, Oh, will I have a boy? <laughs> and then Manic Ball just shakes and gives the answer. He's like, in the end, I think so, yes. It's like, <gasps> it's like oh, God. It's just, it's so good. So well executed. I like uh, how uh, he was going to release him for the wedding, and then he just shakes it, and it just says, asshole. So he can talk. Yeah. He just chews <laughs> and talk like an eight ball. I love Manic 8-Ball. Like, like the, these little characters from the side, like, I... I from Underland, like I really enjoy them, and I—it's one of those things where I wonder if they were actual like main characters, would I get tired of them? Mm-hmm. Like if Catclop showed more to showed up more often than like the handful of episodes or Girl Hitler, like would I be tired of them? Because they they entertain <laughs> me like crazy in these actual episodes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I I think. Yeah, I love Girl Hitler. I I don't I can't quite wrap my head around just Girl Hitler as a yeah. character. <laughs> it's just I have had like plenty of Girl Hitler. I'm not sure like I need any more, but like I love how they develop the characters you don't expect, like 21 and 24 and Watch yeah. and Ward. Oh, Watch and Ward. And like so you good. you see these like smaller characters you don't even think about like flesh out and become these like human beings. Yeah, and it's interesting like the ones they pick because like I feel like Girl Hitler feels like one they could have done that with, and it just didn't work out for some reason um i do like that she ends up being president like that whole speech with hank at the end hank and dean like that's so progressive and a hitler like <laughs> things are really turning around <laughs> but like, it's interesting like I, I would really like to know some of that like inner science of like why do they pick certain characters to explore and build up and do more with and why not the other ones like to get an actual answer of like why no Kim is it just the fans' fault for demanding it so much like if it's it's interesting, and I actually I even bought the the Go Team Venture book that I will be getting hopefully tomorrow and maybe that answer will be in there who knows I think I read like an interview public said that um sometimes he goes onto like the messaging forums where people yeah. do theories and then just to like try to subvert expectations oh, or he yeah. tries not to read anything besides like Billy Quizboy and Peter White like erotic fanfic <laughs> oh my god that's a that's a well i don't need to dive into <laughs> although i i totally would it sounds very interesting but pete white's just such a horrible friend it's <laughs> <laughs> the worst hey fella <laughs> oh he's the worst um here, let me dive into my notes here really quick and see what i'm missing because i know there's so much to talk about with that wedding oh we gotta talk about the eunuchs like i love the eunuchs those were the oh, only man. characters that i really wish had come back like after the whole <laughs> thing had gone away like everyone in underland is free we're gonna make it a happy place to visit i wish the the eunuchs had gone with dean like just if they could just be like <laughs> his buddies so. it would have been so much fun like they're just so mean <laughs> they're really amazing and i think i i don't know their names but the, fir- the first one who comes up is like what like how, how did you even get here yeah well i wanted to do some traveling <laughs> and i was mad at somebody <laughs> crap it's just like oh, so good 
It's so good. And then, like, when she finally gets Dean naked, or he finally gets Dean naked, and they just the screaming back and forth, like, the, I'm a eunuch. What's your excuse? Like, it's just so bitchy. Like, <laughs> but they're a fun character. Like, they're fun characters, and they're fun in the way of, like, it's, again, why I like this show. Like, because they could have just been completely one-off that they don't care about, but you could totally feel them, like, ingrained in the world. Like, it felt like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, these aren't just here just to be, like, these one-off jokes. Like, they, they fit into Underland, into everything Baron Underbite does. Like, it just, it all mm-hmm. just worked. And, like, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I'd like those characters as much. Yeah. Yeah. If they're just... I mean, it's... Sorry, God. Yeah. No, I mean, like, with that and with everything else about this show and about Underland, like, they do really pay attention to the minute details of one of these characters and then also like when they are first coming in um they're like all right put them in the holding cell it's like we don't have a holding cell it's like yeah which that we've established before they don't have a holding cell because he just kills everybody yeah <laughs> it's like put them in the pantry <laughs> and i think it's just it's again this show is so incredible at paying attention to the minute details of all of that stuff and references it and references it and then has a very good memory of itself. Yeah. And like, even like the jokes in the episode, like it's just those things where like, if you're not paying attention, you miss so much. Like it's, it doesn't feel like a show you need to like watch it like under a magnifying glass each episode, but like the whole, and then we got thrown into jail, technically the pantry. Like, it's just like, (laughs) Like, everything is just always so sharp and on point. Like, it's just... Yeah. Like, Where's my ch- dad? In the pantry. Where's my brother? In the pantry. <laughs> Where's our bodyguard? They're all in the same place, so he's in the pantry. Uh, I think my favorite joke is when, like, Hank's giving Dr. Venture the Rusty the pep talk, and he's, like, talking about how Rusty spent a significant amount of time trying to isolate and eliminate the gauge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I know you would have done it too. The one for all the protesters. God, Rusty's just a scumbag. <laughs> Anything for money. See, the thing is, I think he would have been able to do it if, like, he didn't meet resistance. Like, he created, like, a weird euphoria chamber powered by an orphan solar heart. Ha! Oh, yeah. <laughs> or even in season seven, like, I'm not going to spoil things, he has a major success. Like, the first, yeah. like, the biggest success. <laughs> he's ever had beyond cloning which we're still not sure how much was the rusty how much was actual original dr venture we're not entirely sure he came with the cloning this one was him and he did it like and it's it's a great episode like great episode (laughs) you kind of forget how good of a scientist he actually is when he applies himself yeah like he oh he can actually do things that isn't just failure like it's weird when it happens but man, like, ah, oh, I don't want to spoil things for Graham, but the the human testing on that that invention in season seven <laughs> destroyed me. Like, I had to rewind and watch it like twice. Like, it's so good. <laughs> Graham, you need to catch up to season seven so I can actually. Make I'm working these jokes. on it. I'm working on it. I also just remember the Ooray from season one. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know what the military wants with it, but. <laughs> Um, is there anything we haven't hit in this episode? We didn't really talk much about like the reveal of Dean being a boy, but that really wasn't like the the heart of it for me. Um, yeah, like the the whole overthrow at the end, I felt like it, it just it 
I know the main reason we didn't talk about it much because it felt kind of rushed. Like everything, it was all about like the joke of like, will he figure it out? And then, eh, we're just kind of done with it. Mm-hmm. It all just yeah. kind of ends. It happens very quickly. Of like, he gets you know arrested um, for you know same sex marriage, um, <laughs> and that joke of like, I don't think there's a law against underage marriage, but eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. Uh... Yeah, that was it. It just happens. It happens very quickly. Yeah, I yeah, I like the joke where uh, like these past two episodes, like this one and the one before, um, Brock is interrogating someone or like he's doing what Brock does, but then oh, things change and he has to like accommodate it. Like he's grabbing someone's junk and twisting, and then he just oh. stops. And the guy's like, "Why'd you stop?" And he's like, "I, I found a lump." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I'm sorry." He's like, "You're sorry." <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tell my wife. <laughs> I think you're. This... A, I forgot about that. That is an incredible, <laughs> incredible scene. I it love is, that so much. It is so damn funny. Like just so. I like that. I know it's a bad time, but if you could tell us where the wedding was, yeah, it's over there. I, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is around the time that the fans started getting grumpy that Brock wasn't as violent as he was in season one. Because like they still have the glimmers of it every now and then, but like. By mid-season three, or maybe the end of season three, fans were legitimately upset that Brock wasn't just, like, throwing people in paper shredders anymore. And I think this episode, specifically with that joke, I think does a good job showing what, like, Hammer and Public were talking about, of, like, but we've seen that. Like, how many times do you need to see super violent Brock? And I don't remember which one of it was, but he's like, you know, I always assumed that Brock's just, like, in between episodes out there ripping people's heads off and trying to talk through their vocal cords and going, I'm you, but in their voice. And like, <laughs> you look up the interview. He says it way funnier than I do, but it's like, I, I like well, honestly, who like, doesn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I feel like this is like the beginning of that, of like, let's show a different side of Brock. Just assume the other yeah. side's still there. But like, mm-hmm. we've seen that. Like, we've seen those jokes. We've seen the uber violence jokes. Let's see yeah, what even else. Yeah, last episode. Yeah, like let let's see what else we can do with them, and I, I appreciate that. Like I, I like, like that's what I always come back to with Adventure Bros. Like they know when mm-hmm. a joke's played out, and they know when to change it and start new things. And I think specifically with Brock, that oh, I was going to torture you to death, but I found testicular cancer potentially. Maybe I'll stop. Moment is like that's like the beginning of that. Like let's try new jokes with Brock, and I like that. I think it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's about to have a major shift too in in season three so i think this works kind of like building his character yeah for that and it it's again talks to the, the strength of the show to where it's like you can carry arcs of characters throughout seasons yeah which i think is awesome yeah i, I think this one does a really good job of this one is like it, it might be the first pebble kicked of like all right we're changing brock just a little bit um yeah he's still brock but we're gonna not necessarily soften the edges, but just show different angles. Yeah. yeah. And I, right before this, too, he's talking about Hank. He's talking to Hank about how to, you know, properly interrogate, you know, a, a, a prisoner or whatever. Yeah. And so it's They'll funny to alive. see him. Yeah, leave one alive yeah. so that we can <laughs> ask him questions. We're like, who are you working for? We already know that. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Can we just mention really quick that Hank fucking gives a wedgie to the guy oh. as he's walking away. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't get to do anything. 
I think the that moment and the moment right like before leading into the scene when Hank's just like moving his hands around trying to do hand signals and stuff like that. <laughs> like, you have no idea what any of that means, do you? You're you're just having fun with your hands. Aren't you? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh, Hank. Such a good character. <laughs> All right, well, let's move into pop culture references. Uh, I, I'm kind of torn on mine. I, I, they're all kind of the same one. I just don't know which one to go for. Um, but I'm going to go for Kiss. I think Kiss has to be my favorite one. Uh, <laughs> when they're going through all of the costumes that fucking Hank has ruined, my favorite one had to be Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Frehley, and the Bat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's so good, just because like they don't say the band Kiss, they just start naming off the characters. So like you have to have a little bit of knowledge, like foresight, yeah. but like just a little bit, and like, I can just picture yeah. that costume contest, and it's so good. <laughs> and it's I like one how of, Hank. Yeah. It's one of those Sorry. few moments where like uh, like they showed a little restraint. Like I feel like like other shows would have shown each one of those costumes because it's not like it's live action show. You don't have to go buy those costumes. You just have to draw it, and it could be a single frame of just they don't need to be animated. But like it's just yeah. just go on the words alone, and if you know who they're talking about, it's funny, and if you don't, you don't, and it's it's so good, like just <laughs> perfect. Works really well. I, I like how Hank dresses as the 1960s like Adam West Batman, oh, of course. Yeah. the yeah. goofiest Batman too. Yeah, no Christian Bale or <laughs> Michael Keaton. I wanted to say yeah. Val Kilmer, but I stopped myself. <laughs> I'll say it, Val Kilmer. <laughs> But no George Clooney the fans best up one. in here? No, no Ben Afflecks? Or, or George Clooney? Yeah. No uh, no nipples for anybody? No, no nipples in the costume for anybody? I think they should have been painted on in a different color. I don't like the texture. They should have been issue. bat nipples. I mean, come on. He should have had eight of them up and down his chest. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that would have fixed the, the movie. Bat wings. <laughs> The one issue with that movie. Yeah, that was yeah. the only problem. There's not yeah. enough nipples on the bat suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have bat nipples? You should have bat nipples. Come on. Anyhow. <laughs> Graham, what was yours? We already mentioned it, but it was the... I, I keep getting my tongue, tuck, my tongue stuck on the <laughs> mouth slit. Quit sticking it through there. I can't. It's maddening. <laughs> it's like we mentioned it. It was like being a kid. We've all had those masks, and it is maddening. <laughs> And it's, the, gosh, dang it. The thing is, I have a kid now, and, like, granted, he's very, very little. He's four months old. But, yes. uh, don't don't put a mask on that baby. No, it'd be a bad idea. He'd love it. He'd just immediately just shove it in his mouth. He'd have a great time. <laughs> um, he'd cut his tongue so badly, though. But, like, yes. uh, my wife and I are looking at, like, Halloween costumes and stuff. And, like, obviously, we're, just, we're looking for baby ones. But we're looking at the bigger kids' ones, too. Those masks are gone. Like, they've stopped yeah. them. And it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of too bad. They don't. No, it's not. It's really good. It's really, really, really good. No I think that's an essential part of tongues. life. It builds character. Yeah. yeah like, you learn self control. How is your tongue supposed to get stronger? <laughs> Here's a hot take. The only reason people are doing more drugs these days is because they haven't learned self control from tongue slit masks. There you go. Yep. Wow. That's yeah. the war on drugs in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> They all came out of Richard Nixon. Yeah. So that was it. We are we're tackling the hard questions here at Venture Bros. <laughs> <laughs> My um, favorite pop culture reference was like all the Star Wars. 
things yeah. like that underbite stuff but uh especially uh chewy brock carrying helper like the c3po backpack That's from empire so strikes good. back <laughs> it's just like a sort of a throwaway image gag such a good moment though oh man <laughs> <laughs> Oi. okay I, I think we should move into the end of this thing um mm-hmm. i think it's time for plugs is ready to plug plug away yeah. Uh, uh, always, always. Graham's always ready with his hot plugs. Uh, <laughs> uh, so for me, of course, listen to After the Hype. I uh, I believe Hereditary should be coming out this Thursday, or it came out last Thursday. I'm bad with time. Um, either way, that was a great episode. You should definitely listen to it. I really enjoy talking about it. I don't record this in advance. I've definitely seen it. Um. <laughs> So we have that one, and then, uh, of course, listen to Samwise. I'm not sure if the single stream has started yet, so it might still be after the hype. Um, but be sure to check it out. Sam is crushing it. And, I again, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I'll do the very short pitch. Any and all of life's big questions can be answered through Lord of the Rings. And I need to clarify, it's not the books. It's the Peter Jackson movies <laughs> that Sam is using. Um, and the special features that come with, like, the five-hour editions. Any of life's questions, she can answer using those movies and the special features. And, like, we've had big questions of, like, childhood robberies of, like, kids stealing things. She's tackled that. Uh, What is the meaning of life? She's answered that. (laughs) Um, Things about work. Like, really, like, obscure questions you wouldn't think she could do. She can. She does. You need to listen to it. And if you have any questions, you need to reach out at this email address here. Thank you, Post. And uh, (laughs) there's a phone number that is also on all of our websites that you should call and leave your voicemails. And please do. Like, this is – it's a fun, really, really well-done show. Um, That's it for me. Uh, For Nick, I'll throw it out there. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey in stores now. Uh, Reviews are very, very good. They say it's the best one possibly of this console generation, which is impressive. Uh, everyone wow. should pick it up. I hear awesome things, and I can't wait to play my own copy of it. Because I'm going to go against the grain of what we said to do, of pick it up and put it back down. I'm going to play the what? game. I know. <laughs> Can you do that? I, I, I'm going to give it a it, shot. I'm going to actually play the game. I don't know, Brian. And when all the audio this. sucks, I am going to scream at Nick. Like, what the fuck were you doing the whole time? <laughs> I don't think the world's ready for that yet. You know, I know. It's going to be bold. It's going to be daring. <laughs> You should probably just play it on mute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nick would be so annoyed. <laughs> oh, what'd you think? I played it on mute because fuck you. So I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, I was making my own sound effects. Yeah, they were way better. It's like... <laughs> There's Jump. no guns in this game. Whatever. Jump. Climbing, climbing. <laughs> climbing, climbing, falling, falling. Right hand, left hand, right foot, left. Right hand, left hand, right foot, left. Bing, bing. I would totally <laughs> arrow, play this arrow. Game. arrow, 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 arrow. Stab, stab. All right, we're stab. done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Grant, yeah, so anything now, are you plugging anything? All... Anything at all? Uh, no. 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 Okay. Nothing at all. Nope. Nope. Uh, uh, been playing softball. That's cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Richard, anything to plug? Uh, you can try to track me down on Instagram at Richard Kingley. Sometimes I tweet at King Richard Lee, and uh, you can listen to a band that I'm not in but is named after me called Smooth Richard. SoundCloud.com/slash Smooth Richard. Cool. 
Yeah. Cool. Do you like the band, or is it just cool that they named it after you? Uh, they, yeah, I think they're pretty good. Okay. Like rock. <laughs> yeah. No, they're awful, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's a nice hobby, you know? <laughs> they should get, like, a nice stable job, like, screenwriting or yeah. animating. Yeah, you know? yeah. All those right. guaranteed money makers. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for hopping on for these past two episodes, oh. Richard. It's been a joy. Yeah. Happy to be here. And, Thank you. Uh, I will say goodbye there. So, bye. Bye.